1: See, John's a human. This time he's probably 80 going toward 90. John says, I'm not just teaching you facts. See, that's what we are kind of have trouble with in church. We, we learn facts, but we never learn to experience the truth. Well, that's exactly what John's trying to say. You know this. Many of you believers, he says, in the church, you know that you can have a personal relationship, but you're not experiencing it. This is a lifestyle
0: you can actually experience. People talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus. We all want to have relationships with people, but, but with someone who I can't see or someone I can't touch? You may think you aren't a very good person, and the creator of the universe would never want a relationship with you. You couldn't be farther from the truth. God wants and desires a very intimate relationship with you, so much so that he sent his one and only son to earth, to die for you so that you could have a relationship with Him. Pastor Mark will show you how you can begin this relationship today. Now, there are a few ways to receive Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information at the end of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 2, for our continuing study entitled, Share the Truth and Enjoy God.
1: Well, that's exactly what John's trying to say. You know this. Many of you believers, he says, in the church, you know that you can have a personal relationship, but you're not experiencing it. This is a lifestyle you can actually experience. So let me ask you a question tonight on all our campuses. When you have your quiet time, are you experiencing God? Or is it, I read my three chapters, I did my sticky note, Do you realize that God is there? My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. See, it's not facts and figures. It's not journal. It's not writing. It's not a computer program. It's not an iPad program. It's a person. It's God. So let me challenge you. You will go way farther in your relationship with God once you learn to experience him. We're all rushed I find out when I'm rushed, I don't experience anything but religion. How about you? Could I hear anything? Amen. Amen. amen? So when I give four hours, then I can experience God. That was a joke. I just wanted to tell you. Pastor Mark, you're really holy. Right. No, you don't need four hours. And here's the key. Once I learn to experience God, when I walk out the door, you're going to see in a moment, I don't have this with me. But I have God with me. And you're going to see that. So when I run into a girl at Publix, and I begin immediately thinking about this, how did that happen? Who told me that? That's the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's more interested in her coming to Christ than I am. I don't even know her. Understand the world does not know that God loves them. And so I want to challenge you as we're going through 1 John to experience... The love of God. You have to apply it. Remember, unapplied truth is like unapplied a paint. It doesn't do anybody any good. The value of the paint is in the application. The value of the quiet time is to get the truth, hear God, and then walk it out in our life. It's a lifestyle. You can do it. Some of you have gotten away from it. Come on back. Make it fresh. Make it vibrant. Make it Real. Now, what does that look like? Like this. We learned when we went through our last series this vine and the branches. See, it's a relationship. The branch abides in the vine. We're the branches. We grow fruit. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ and then up to God. It's vibrant. It's living. It's not dead. It's an experience that you get. It is not religion, it's a relationship. Now, you can hear the question, at least I can, from you if you were listening to John. If John was teaching you this live, here, here's what I believe would have happened. Some of you would have probably maybe stood when there was a Q&A time and you would have said this, well John, I mean it's easy for you, thanks a lot. I mean you walked with Jesus for three and a half years. You heard him, you saw him, you touched him. But you're telling me to have a relationship that's vibrant, personal with God and experience it now? He's been dead for 60 years. He is near. He's in heaven. If he was here, I got gotcha. But he's not. Can you hear him saying that? Does that make sense to you? I mean, if Jesus was right here physically tonight, not a hard challenge to say to you. Come on, let's just come up here and walk around him and talk with him and have an experienced Jesus. So I, I wrote this because I think John might have posed this question. If he didn't, I am. So here we go. And I want you to think about it in a moment again. John might have said this. Uh, which relationship was better for me? Number one, the three and a half years I actually physically lived with Jesus every day or The lifestyle that started the day God, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me. Now, which do you think John would have answered with? Come on. How how many think? Number one, John would have said it was way better when Jesus was here. How, How many think? Come on. Think now. Come on. Come on. Think. Okay. How many think? Number two. Now, why do you think? Number two. Why do you think that's better? Well, one day when Jesus went to the woman at the well, remember? The disciples went in to get two Big Macs for a buck. They went into town. (laughs) Jesus wasn't with them. There was one time that Jesus said to the twelve, You're on your own. Have a nice day. And out they went. Jesus wasn't with them. Those of you that answered number two, you're exactly right. Because there's never a day that John lived even while being boiled in oil and surviving that. Even left to the island of Patmos as he wrote the book of Revelation. There was never a day that he wasn't in vibrant personal relationship with God because the Holy Spirit was in him. Now look where that brings you and I. For some of you, that's... It's strange. It's new. It doesn't make any sense to us at all. So I want us to turn just quickly to remind ourselves. Turn to John. John writes this, John chapter 14. You know that John would have answered number two answer because he's the one that taught us what really took place. So look down at verse 15. Jesus has his disciples together. And he says to them, I'm getting ready to go to the cross. I'm going to be crucified, then I'm going to heaven. I'm leaving the earth. And you can imagine the disciples are shocked. Wait a minute. (laughs) Like you told us to follow you? And we're going to be here with nobody to follow? How in the world that's going to work? And then Jesus, knowing that, they're thinking they're going to be abandoned. They're going to try to do life on their own. They knew what it was like before Jesus. That didn't work. So, look what he says in verse 15. All of our campuses, those of you watching online, Jesus said this If you love me, you will obey what I command. Now, you have, look at your bracelet. Look at your bracelet. Love is a what? Love's a verb. If you love me, give me a warm hooky. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's okay sometime. But that's not what Jesus says. No, 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 no. If you love me, come on. Some obedience, please. Then he goes on. And I will ask the Father. And he will give you another counselor, comforter. Another is the original meaning, has two meanings. The original meaning of this is another of the very same kind as me. What does Jesus mean by that? He means God. God will give you another counselor, the Holy Spirit, to be with you. Here's the key word for it. You. If you're ever circle it in your Bible, circle it. To be with you how long? Forever. Holy Spirit is going to say, "Well, going back to heaven now?" No, he's here forever. And here's the huge thing that John writes, because John is like in the truth. What's he say? And this Holy Spirit is known as the, say it with me, the Spirit of what? The Spirit of Truth. In fact, we know from Romans that He's going to lead us into all truth. Now, the world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows him, but you will know him for number one, he lives with you. And eventually number two, he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you to do life alone. I will come to you. Now here, Jesus basically gives him this truth God's going to send another one like me, the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. He's going to live in you 24-7. He's just like me. You'll never be alone. He's the Spirit of truth. He will take my place, and you'll absolutely never be alone. Now, notice there's two roles. Notice he says he'll be alongside you. So those of you that are here tonight that are not yet believers, the role of the Holy Spirit for you is unique. He's alongside you. And he's saying this to you. You remember that young kid that said he was, wanted to believe in God but couldn't or he wanted purpose? That's just like you. I know your heart. And you're looking for purpose. So he's convicting you. And what he's saying to you right now at all of our campus, those of you that aren't believers, he's saying to, listen to this guy. This guy isn't talking his stuff. This guy is talking God's truth. You can be right with God. You can have purpose. You can have meaning in your life. So that's the first role of the Holy Spirit, to come alongside us and convict us. Then the second role is, at salvation, notice, he will be in you. So the moment I accept Jesus Christ, God, the Holy Spirit, comes to live in me. Paul writes it like this, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know that yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? Now look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't you know... That God's Spirit lives in here? Don't you know? They all knew, but they were not experiencing it. That's why I know it. I know all the Greek verbs. I know everything. I got it together. No, 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 no. He lives in you now. Experience it. That's God. It's not a fact. It's not a figure. It's a relationship. So here's what I want you to write. When a person becomes a Christ follower... God, the Holy Spirit, comes to live inside of them 24-7. So whenever I need him, whenever there's a problem, there's an issue, God's available for me. It's an ongoing relationship. Now, look down to verse 26. Same chapter. Look right down to verse 26. Same chapter. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, I'm the human that's teaching, but who's your teacher tonight? God. God. He's actually teaching you. Now, when He comes, He won't only teach us, He'll comfort us, He'll lead us, He'll convict us, He'll enlighten us, He'll empower us, He'll remind us of the Word of God. So, John would have to say to them, you already know, well, guys, I know you're asking, but to be honest with you, doing life 24-7 with God living in me is better than any time I was with Jesus. Oh, I loved it, but I have God living inside of me right now. Now, scoot on back to 1 John chapter 4. So don't feel sorry for yourself tonight. <laughs> we have the best of all worlds. We have an eyewitness to Jesus. And we have the Holy Spirit actually living in us. Now, look at John 1.4. And he writes this, and there's, a little, there's people that debate how he writes this, and I'll tell you why. We write this to make our joy complete. Other people think he writes this, we write this to make your joy complete. I mean, why do I care if John's joy is complete? I want my joy to be complete. But here's the key. John is a teacher. Look at me. John is a teacher. What is his God-given goal? To teach people. And when he teaches people and he shares the truth with them, what is John hoping for? That people will what? Get it. The light will come on. Anybody getting it here tonight? Anybody getting anything here tonight? Hello? The light will come on. If you have your quiet time tomorrow and and you finally haven't heard God's voice speak to you through the Word of God forever, that's the number one way he speaks to us, is through the Word. And you're going to go, wow, I got it. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Well, I won't be there. Just thank God. So why does John say, my joy will be complete? Because as a pastor, our joy is to see you get it. That's my role. My joy is to see the Holy Spirit Turn the light on, and you get it. As we challenged you months ago, get into a small group, get into small. 900 of you that weekend. Fantastic. That was a joy in all of our heart. Man, we were excited. I was excited. Why? Because you got it. You applied it. So John says, Would you get it? You can experience God like I did. I'm experiencing Him now, not physically. I'm experiencing Him spiritually so there's great joy for the teacher but there's also great joy for who the hearers those learning so both ways if you get it and the truth is taught the teacher is filled with joy and so are the students or the members of the church now next thing i want you to write is this what is joy joy is very different very different than happiness Joy is based on our personal relationship with Jesus. So we told you at the beginning, you can enjoy God daily, no matter circumstances. See, happiness is what happens. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Then it's gone. See, so happiness flows up, down, up, down. Joy is simply based in God. Joy is based in our relationship with God. So, what John is trying to say is the world is looking for real happiness and joy, but they're looking in the wrong places. Happiness has nothing to do with stuff. Or circumstances It depends on Real life Real joy Is only found in a person Not circumstances So Jesus said I've come That you might have life And it pouring Or spilling out Of every pore of your body So you can enjoy God daily
2: On July of 2011 My husband and I Went to the doctors And received some devastating news I had a large pancreatic mass And that there was nothing That they could do Um, We explained to him that we believed that God had a different plan, and um, he said, Well, there is this one um, doctor, but he's at the Mayo, and it takes months to get in there, and you don't have that kind of time. And my husband said, Call him. The doctor took the call, listened to my diagnosis, and said, Can you be here tomorrow? and I just remember squeezing my husband's hand and and being excited that we were going to this was the part of the journey that was starting we were onto something big that God was right there and we were going to show our children that God was bigger Um, from day one we said cancer was the little c Christ is the big C and that was going to be our motto the doctors at the Mayo were very optimistic um, because I was in great shape before this happened that I would survive the surgeries but my life, quality of life, would be very compromised. As a result of my surgery, I had 60% of my pancreas removed, all of my spleen and every lymph node in my abdomen removed. And uh, my doctor at Mayo was closing out my file. And um, this was just two months later. He happened to, he was looking in my abdomen and he scrolled up a little bit. And on the MRI, he noticed a large mass in my left lung. Meeting with the doctor, um, if I was able to survive the surgery um, with the removal of my lung, um, my life would be very different. I would be on oxygen 24-7, not being able to move around. That My life was going to be um, a very different one, but he was wrong. Um, That's what I love about God. When man says impossible, God makes it possible. We had um, someone from a hospice counselor come out to talk to us and um, he began to explain to me that I needed to not be so naive and realize that um, i was going to die and that he was going to help prepare me by having me write letters to my children and make a video for my daughters so that she could watch on her wedding day and i just remember hearing him say that but it was like this is crazy i said you could you please leave and he said to me well may i please pray and i said oh yay i got to him and then he begins the prayer with um Lord, please let her die quickly and painless. I was like, okay, I don't think I ever interrupted a prayer, but that one I did. I said, um, no, thank you. And um, we knew that anyone that walked in there was going to hear that um, not a story of death, but a story of life. Um, When I got the second um, diagnosis of cancer, um, my 12-year-old was very devastated. He was like, Mom, not again. How can, you know, God healed you. And um, I just remember looking at him and saying, Grant, we must have missed witnessing to somebody. We've got to go back. And he was like, oh, OK. I think the first um, time that I really realized that um, that was my mission field was the nurse. I remember her just grabbing my hand and saying, what is it you have? What is I want what you have. I, I saw it. And um, that was when I realized that, um, god had put me at that exact moment i was able to share with her about god and and pray with her and um, that was just so amazing you know being on the medical side she knew that it had to be god she was reading my chart she knew she knew i had the pancreas leak she heard the doctor say it's a matter of time um so she she knew she felt it she saw that there was something and it wasn't me it wasn't the doctor it was god um, when I received my diagnosis of my pancreatic cancer, um, my neighbors just all came together to help. Um, one neighbor that I just loved dearly, she came in and, and um, she said, Sally, what can I do for you? I want to help you. And um, we had been working on them for a long time and praying. We'd invited their kids to Vacation Bible School and a youth group. And they just didn't want any part of that. And um, I said, Sarah, what I need from you is you can't do it. And she's like, what's that? I said, I need you to pray. And um, she, she said, well, I'll think good thoughts. And a few months later found out that um, her kids were getting baptized. And they're in church every Sunday. And, and I remember her coming up to me and she said, Sally, I can do what you ask. And she goes, I can pray. I knew this was just bigger. It was bigger than anything that i could imagine that god had planned for me you know and my prayer my heart is is that you know god gets all the credit and that i make him look good through this it's not you know so many people keep wanting to know you know what's the magic what and had nothing to do with diet and and food and good thoughts and i mean all of those are important but it, it wasn't the key and um to be able you know to go back to the Mayo or the chemo center and or anywhere that I go and tell people that's the truth that that's what it's about you know that that to me is just the whole reason the whole reason makes sense to me now Um, the cancer was just the name the the hope is the same for everybody it's the same for what you're dealing with it's it's the hope of God
0: like you've been abandoned to live out this life as a Christian by yourself? Pastor Mark told us today, no. When Jesus died on the cross and left the earth, God left the Holy Spirit for us. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us through this life. He will come to live in us. He is the spirit of truth and will never leave us alone. He will walk with us no matter the circumstance, no matter how dark it may get, he is always there. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show us that God gave us the Word to give us joy and make our joy complete. That's amazing. Everything we need to make our lives complete is found in the Bible. So when we read it or hear it taught and apply it to our lives, we will find joy. Joy is simply based in our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father you've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.
1: Word made flesh in a hurting world, a new hope He is giving, Lord let us hear your lessons for living, Lord let us hear your lessons for living.